Stephanie Martinez Rivera, and you are listening to the Joy Found Here podcast. I am obsessed with reminding my fellow mamas, queens, badass babes, ladies and girls that perfection is just a word, not a lifestyle. Multitasking is overrated. Comparison is a theft of happiness. And yes, you can put yourself first. Oh, and by the way, for optimum results, you should. I'm a New York girl from a small town, part-time badass, proud mama bear times three. I've seen 60 full turns of the sun. I've learned the importance of how kindness begins with you and your self-talk. Join us each week as we help you navigate both the messy and the magical season of this crazy ride called life. Real stories that remind us to reclaim your power. The sun does come out after the shitstorm. A good cry can be cleansing and... We really don't know who sits on top of the mountain of judgment. Sit back, plug in, fill up your cup. This is your time. Remember, you've always had the power. Welcome to Joy Found Here. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. Joining us all the way from what I refer to as paradise and the future home of our family compound. She comes from the wonderful Aloha State, Lani Almanza. You ready for her commas? Because again, anyone that I talk to, honestly, comma, comma, I've done this, I've done that. And by the way, oh yeah, and now I've done this. I just love people who are living life, I did a little bit of this. I had this experience. This was fine. And now I'm not done. No exception here. So where do we begin with Lonnie? Okay. So granted, yeah, she was the teacher, the trainer, the facilitator in education. Great. And then did I read correctly that maybe she, I'll say, retired? Mm. No, no, she did not. Because now she is first, let's talk about a writer and author name of the book under a full moon and a guiding star want to hear all about it. And I know you're going to want the link and we're going to get to all of that. She also has wellness business. And I don't think she's done yet. Because it just keeps going at the more days you get, the more you can do. So with that, I say thank you so much for being with us today, Lonnie. Thank you, Stephanie. I really appreciate the time with you today. And yeah, retirement only meant that I get to do what I want, when I want, where I want, with who I want. Ah, love. That should be a everybody's <laughs> mug. Nonetheless, yeah. the t-shirt. And if you're daring enough, get the tattoo. This way, it's yeah. just a reminder. It's just that whole time freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, with that, about five years before I retired, I had a bit of an epiphany on my 60th birthday that I had been working for the American Cancer Society. And we'll get to that story uh, in a little bit. But realized I was had been working there for about 10 years at the time and was very much focused in this illness space. Mm. And I really personally and professionally felt I needed to move to the wellness space. And so how was I going to do that? My journey as a caregiver sort of prompted that as well as Mm -hmm. 
how to take care of myself along the way. Mm-hmm. And so I started my wellness business called Alakai Associates. And that has a history from even 20 years before when I got the name from a very dear friend who has since transitioned as well. Alakai meaning the Hawaiian word for guide or mentor. Hmm. And it really means to lead in a way that is ethical and has integrity and creates trust. And so I really wanted to bring that concept back into my alakai business. And along the way with that, got connected with a company that has some of the most industry-leading nutrigenomic products that I've ever encountered. And they actually changed my life. Uh, I had been a chronic migraine and IBS sufferer most of my adult life. Mm-hmm. And these within three months of starting on these products, those issues have been resolved and have not returned in the last four years. So I definitely was sold on not just the science, but the outcomes of those products. So I incorporated that into my Alakai wellness business. When I first retired and thought I was going to launch back into things, it was 2020. And things were not launching at that point. <laughs> they were You'd be surprised, down. but at the same time, yeah. it was, yeah. I mean, a lot of things were birthed during yeah. that time, yeah. but at the very beginning, yeah, we all conquered. Yeah. I retired in April of 2020 with the wow. intention of facilitating a retreat that I had all planned out. I had the space and I kept checking and, you know, we were in isolation and out of isolation. And mm. so finally I had to put it on the back burner. And I just took it as a sign from the universe that along with the rest of the world, I needed to take a break. Mm. Along the way then connected with another organization and nonprofit that was focused on caring for caregivers. And that really touched my heart because I had lived through that experience several times over. First was with my youngest son, Jacob, who at the age of 19, in 2002, was diagnosed with a brain tumor. And in 2005, he transitioned. Mm. And his story is really the impetus for my book, Under a Full Moon and a Guiding Star, and how that journey really made me much more aware of self-care and stress management. And the lessons that I learned through that journey is what I've written about. But as I was writing the book in the last year and a half, I was also caregiving for my mother who was in advanced stages of Alzheimer's. Mm. And so I felt very connected to this organization, Give Me a Break, Caring for Caregivers. And so that has become part of my alakai work as well. Wow. One thing I love is, and especially in the Polynesian culture, and in the especially in the Hawaiian culture and the community, is all of the words have meanings. Mm-hmm. So let's start with your name. What does so, that mean? Lani, L-A-N-I, is the Hawaiian word for heaven. Mm. And I have no Hawaiian blood. My parents are from Nebraska. My dad ended up here with the Navy. And I am so grateful and privileged to have been born and raised here and have that connection through my name as well. So I really feel responsibility. And the Hawaiian word for that is kuleana, to share what represents the Hawaiian culture, which is aloha. And I talk about it in my book that there's five components. Each of the letters has a specific component. So the word aloha. Yes. Mm A-L-O-H-A. 
So the A stands for akahai, which means kindness to be expressed with a feeling of tenderness. L is for lokahi, which is meaning unity to be expressed with a feeling of harmony. O is olu olu, meaning agreeable to be expressed with a feeling of pleasantness. H is ha'a ha'a, meaning humility to be expressed with a feeling of modesty. And the last A, aho nui, meaning patience to be applied with perseverance. And one of the things that is taught when people are learning about aloha is that to actually live aloha, you need to live all five together. That hmm. none of those okay. can be lived in isolation and be called aloha. So you can't be expressing a feeling of harmony and unity and working together and then be disagreeable with someone. So it really helps people focus on this overall concept of aloha and what we call living pono, which is living righteously or living the right way, doing the right thing at the right time for the right reason. I love everything and, and the meanings behind it all. So a few things. We have a few things in common. You said you started when you were 60, your next mm -hmm. uh, chapter. And I actually released the podcast when I was turning 60. <laughs> so it's not, uh, you know, that is just really how old our body is. That's really, yeah. you know, that's how I look at my age. It's mm -hmm. how long I've been here, but certainly not any limitation on like, yeah. ooh, you're 60. Who cares? I'm going to be yeah. 63 this year. I'm lucky yeah. I even remember how, how old. <laughs> And then also, I will say, as you were reading what the words of aloha mean. So a thousand years ago, when I was 19, I went to Hawaii for the first time. And we went to a lot of the different islands. And I knew then that's where I and I haven't returned since. Uh, believe me, it's that I'm not joking when I'm like, this is where the family compound's going to be. Right. It is just the people were amazing. And they were so proud of their beautiful state. Yeah, it's it's a tiny speck in the middle of the biggest ocean on the planet, but it has so much what we call mana or spirit to share with the world. Mm. Talk to me a little bit about, I mean, self-care on our wellness journey and people in general, as any caregiver might find themselves. And a lot of times, depending upon, again, the person that you're distributing the care to, but a lot of times it falls on women. We, mm -hmm. we might even raise our hands. I've got this. It yeah. comes to us naturally. Let me, let me do this in addition to <laughs> everything yeah. else. And have you seen the people that come to your program and that maybe are just, you can just ring them out. They just need a little reset. Yeah. Uh, what are some just tips of put yourself first? You know, yeah. we have to get out of that cage of the, oh no, they need me. Mm -hmm. Not realizing how important you being at a hundred percent is. Right. And it's, you know, it goes to the the thing that you hear on the airplane when, you know, put your mask on first and then assist mm -hmm. somebody else. We forget to do that as caregivers. And like you said, a lot of women fall into that role. And it's not just for those that are ill or aging. Mm -hmm. When I started looking at my caregiver journey, it started when I was 12. I was the oldest of four and I started babysitting and became a neighborhood babysitter. And so that caregiving role is something that we don't often identify 
for ourselves and pay attention to how it's impacting us and the stress on our lives. And I just so happen to have a 10 step guide for self care, specifically Yay! for caregivers. Yes, yes, um, let's hear. And, pe- and people can find it on my website. It's a downloadable PDF. But number one is create time for rest and relaxation. I want to say that self care is not a luxury, it's a necessity. Mm. It's a survival necessity. I want you to say that again. Self care is not a luxury. It's a necessity. Love. Great time for rest and relaxation. And that can be a simple five minute walk or taking a nap. And I tell my husband all the time, napping is not necessarily sleeping. It's resting. If you happen to fall asleep, that's a benefit of napping. But closing your eyes and resting. Number two is identify your lifesavers. And this is one of my favorites that I call it my lifeboat theory that identify the five, 10 people that will fit in your lifeboat but are the ones who are going to, if you fall overboard, they're the ones that are going to throw you the life ring. They're the ones that are going to pull you back in or keep you from going overboard. So identify those lifesavers. Number three is have a sense of humor, smile and laugh. Find something that makes you laugh. Humor is healing. Laughter is healing. There's so much science behind that. Number four is write things down. Oftentimes we we're so busy and we try to remember so many things. It's important to write things down, either making lists or even if it's a journal, just keeping in touch with your feelings or having a gratitude journal. Number five is let it flow. A lot of times as a caregiver, we think we need to keep all the emotions packed inside. We don't want people to see how hurt we are or how emotional we are or how stressed out we are, but what you resist will persist. So it only compounds. Mm. So you need to let it flow. So find ways to release your emotions. Number six is get moving a little bit every day. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to join a gym. You don't have to do high intensity workouts. A little, again, a walk, 10, 15 minute walk every day. That also compounds. So you don't have to do a whole hour at a time, especially if you're a caregiver, you might not have that time. So a five minute walk outside, while your carry is sleeping or something. Mm-hmm. Number seven is ask for help. And this is when, especially for women, we don't want to share the low. We want to wear our Wonder Woman, Superman mm-hmm. cape. Yep. But it's important to share the load, but it's really critical to be specific about the help you need mm-hmm. and then be grateful for the help you receive. Number eight is get creative. So find some creative outlet for yourself. Again, on my website, I have a little printout that it's called breathe in, breathe out. And it's just a little coloring adult, like adult coloring sheet. But I tell people, put this up on your refrigerator, just as a reminder to take three deep breaths, breathe in, breathe out. One of the things during COVID, I thought I was going to go into gardening. I bought these nice planter beds. Mm -hmm. And what I realized is gardening is a lot like caregiving. It takes constant attention and care. And it was not what I was looking for, that what I really liked was connecting with the earth and digging in the dirt and that kind of meditative gardening. Mm -hmm. So whatever kind of creative outlet you need, number nine is turn on some music because like laughter, music is also medicine and it's a universal language. So it can inspire you to lift your mood, move. And number 10 last but not least, is to schedule your self-care. Make it a daily practice. So for me, that looks like first thing in the morning, I get up and I do a short 
seven-minute guided meditation. I love the app Calm and do some stretching. And then I will do a meditative post on my social media that, Mm -hmm. you know, from my meditation, what I want to share for the day. So it doesn't have to be something expensive like a manicure or pedicure or facial, but build in those daily self-care habits because those compound and create that feeling of wellness. Those are, I mean, do I want to say basics, but yet there were some, I'm going to say tough ones there <laughs> and, and the e- like, wow, that's easy. The ask, but true to you, be specific because usually in a time of, I'll say illness in a time of high stress, a lot of people don't know what to do or say. They don't. And they're going to sit around perhaps with their hands in the pockets only because they just might be a little paralyzed. Yeah. And they don't want to either intrude. They don't want to. They're writing their story in their head Mm -hmm. and they don't want to bother or interfere. And yet you would love, you know, like, hey, I got this for 10 minutes. Go outside and go see what the birds are doing or just soak in a little sunshine. So the ask is really Love them all, but that is one that I think would really, obviously everyone would benefit from, but would really need practice and the specific with the caveat of be grateful because I'm sure, you know, we're all guilty of, well, I asked them for this and I got this instead. And again, people can give what they can give. Your bar might be set a little higher then someone else is a hundred percent. Yeah. And that's another thing when I go into depth with, I do a little um, session on this, a training on this. And mm-hmm. I go into depth with that is that you need to really look at the individual that you are asking for help mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. and what's their capacity. Correct. So if you're asking an 11 year old to help with something, give them a task that is within their capacity and that they will be able to accomplish because then it's a task off your list. Both you and the giver feel good about it. And it then generates that gratitude. And that reciprocation then starts the wheels turning. It's how they feel good about helping. They might next time ask, can I do this for you? So it really opens the doors when you use that sort of platform for sharing the load. Don't feel like you have to do it all. And by the way, Wonder Woman and Superman, the capes have all been distributed. So Mm -hmm. you don't get to wear them. (laughs) Yeah. I say those words all the time, like absolutely positively someone, you know, Jesus, take the wheel. I'm good. Go ahead. (laughs) It's all you. It's all you, buddy, for sure. And then the other, I mean, I I love them all. So music, Especially, I had the honor of spending many years with my aunt, my Diti Priscilla, in her Alzheimer's journey. And I would just pick her up in the morning. She'd come with me. We'd do what silly errands I had or just to get her out. And I realized where she was in her timeline. Mm -hmm. And where she was, was she'd forget that she'd call me seven times in a row, which was fine. But I could find out about life of growing up. Now, I lost my mom early. She was 52. There were 
five sisters, five sisters, two brothers. So they always had stories, but we only knew a few of them. Mm-hmm. And when my mother was alive, they don't talk about the dynamics of the family. So yeah. here I have sitting in my car, yeah. you know, like, so what was it like? And I found out one of my aunts was, you know, dating a married man when she was young <laughs> and all the cousins that would come and stay with my grandparents and the things that they would do. And I never knew any of it, yeah. none. But, you know, when you figure out where they are, because that long-term memory is there. Like she knew her Mm -hmm. phone number. She knew her address growing up, which then parlays into the music. Music, depending upon what you played, she'll sing every word. Yeah. Yeah. My mom was a symphony musician. She played violin as her career. As she lost the ability to remember how to play. Mm -hmm. But like you said, a song would come on. And even if she had been muttering other things would sing the words clear as day. Yeah. And then we have a, a wonderful video. She was in a assisted care facility of her 90th birthday. Mm. They were playing music and they came, had her come out of her room and had balloons. And all of a sudden she starts doing this little dance. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. like, Oh God, <laughs> it just, you know, the music, like I said, it's a universal language and it touches our soul sometimes where we don't even know it exists. And again, it can parlay into a little laughter and a little fun. Yeah, it's usually not every day we're going to be, you know, laughing at things, but it is such a relief. And we don't allow ourselves sometimes because, you know, the seriousness of what we're doing, but it's okay. It's okay to laugh. It's it's, okay to make jokes. You're going to cry anyway. Get a little laughter in there. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that was uh, something that my son always kept us laughing, even through mm. his his journey. Yeah, that's a tough one. I am, you know, so sorry you're a part yeah. of that club uh, <laughs> as well. Uh, but interesting, he transitioned before your mother. Yes, he transitioned so, in 2005. It's almost like he prepared. Mm-hmm. He, yeah. Yeah, prepare me for that because even after he transitioned, next was my dad who had advanced Parkinson's and then Parkinson's related Mm -hmm. dementia. And so I really knew from the lessons that I had learned with Jacob how to work through each one of those um, Mm. and how to make sure that I was keeping my self care in front of it because it's so easy to let that go. And I know how important those daily habits are. Mm. to keeping that in front of you. And like I said, it doesn't have to be something elaborate. I do another whole training on self-care that incorporating simple habits and how to do that, how to start with three check-in times. So in the morning, how do you start your day? Like I said, for me, it's that stretching and meditation Mm -hmm. and writing And then midday, a lot of times I've been sitting in front of my computer working or writing, or now I'm taking care of a 10-month-old grandson one day a week. But Ah. it's find that time midday to reset. Again, get outside in some fresh air, take some deep breaths, get hydrated. We walk around dehydrated more than dehydrated. Um, And it's so important for your brain. So get rehydrated, reset. And then in the evening, my check-in time is at the end of the day, 
I have a gratitude journal. And sometimes if you've had a really rough day, it can be really challenging to find even three things that you're grateful for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So my little tip or trick on that is start with the alphabet and it might sound trivial, but start with ABC. And if you can't think of anything that starts with those letters, start with apples, bananas, and cherries. And you're going to say to yourself, well, that sounds kind of trivial. But then it's like, okay, but what do I like about apples? Or what am I grateful for about apples? And for me, when I did that exercise, it was, I remember making apple crisp when I was little and getting my hands in the warm butter mm-hmm. and, and the topping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the topping and mixing that up. So that was my memory with apples. And then bananas, it's like, well, there's some very specific bananas in Hawaii that are very sweet. They're little. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not fond of all bananas, but apple bananas are my go-to. And cherries, we don't have cherries growing in Hawaii like they do in the West, but I realized I do have a cherry tree in my backyard. It's a it's called a Suriname cherry or Acerola cherry tree. And it's a very tart cherry, but when you mix it with like guava, it makes a really nice jam. And so it was interesting how just three letters that can trigger those memories of things in your life that you're grateful for. And so you do three letters a day. And by the time you get to the end of the alphabet, you've kind of created this habit of gratitude at the end of your day. Something like that is definitely easy and doable. And all of these little steps, and and that's what I, I really like, what I'm hearing is Again, you're not saying, all right, you know, and a half hour before you're ready to go to bed, shut it all down and put on this and do easy, ABC, write it down, a little mind bender if you, if you know, just something Mm -hmm. to, to jar the memory. But everything has the compound effect, Mm -hmm. taking your 10 minute walk. It could be five. You could do two squats and touch your toes just to get your circulation going again. I'm great for like, if I'm sitting for a while, like I'll just like break out and do arm circles and yeah, Yeah. your body just wants to move. Did I go to the gym? No, I didn't. Not at that moment, but I still moved it. Yeah. And that's just the thing is, like you said, those little efforts that compound into self-care and wellness. It's become such a big market that people think they have to do something big. It's the wellness umbrella. Yeah. I think before the popularity, I'll say, you know, when you hear wellness in my head, I'm like, oh, spa day. Oh, I'm going somewhere. I'm going to get a nice robe. I'm going to be drinking, you know, cucumber water and, and listen to soft music and get a massage or a facial. And isn't that wonderful? But that's not the only definition. And again, just that quiet time. And that's what I think we're all missing. And I didn't hear any devices that you were in the morning, you weren't picking up your phone and scrolling right away. You had your time quiet Mm -hmm. before bed, you're writing Mm -hmm. and you could type it on the left, but most people will write in a journal and that's so much information because you're spending time in front of a computer screen. I'm sure you've mentioned social, you know, you're, you're no slacker here. You're up there. I found you on social, you know, I found you on social media. So you're busy and that's great. And and we have that opportunity to be, you know, so digital flip side. It's a lot. And you forget or take for granted or don't even realize 
the results and rewards of quiet, not even 15 minutes, but just a little pause. And like you were saying, we've become so digital that Mm -hmm. we have forgotten that while it's sometimes very productive in us being connected or having a business, all that digital interaction is also a stressor. And so if we don't recognize that that's adding to the stressors that we're com- we're bombarded with every day, that if we don't notice that, again, that compound effect of not noticing, eventually you're going to have some kind of digital burnout or, you know, trouble with your eyes or headaches or something is going to be compounded to the point of moving you into that illness space rather than the wellness space. Yeah. You really can't avoid all the images that or just all of the information that goes Mm -hmm. like like a speeding bullet train, you know, across your eyes, across your eyes, into your brain, process in, out, in, out. Some will stick, some won't, but we weren't designed for that. And your body will fight back. It'll say no mas. It'll be like, I'm out. Let's get your attention here. I just had that happen. I had spent last year so focused on finishing writing the book, getting it published. In November, I was hit with a prolonged bout of vertigo. Mm. And I was just like, what is going on? Like, where did this come from? And by the time, just after Christmas, we went to visit family and I came back home. And so told somebody the other day, it was like a little voice right Mm. here on my shoulder that said, have you read your own book lately? Just that reminder that I needed to get back into that awareness of self-care. Well, and again, it's exciting. I mean, look at what you've achieved. You took that time to write it. It got published. (laughs) And I'd scream it from the rooftop as well. In addition to whatever means to publicize out there. And a lot of that is a lot of computer time, I'm sure. A lot of interviews, I'm sure. A lot of local where you got to go out you get yeah you know no one's just gonna know by one little facebook post oh look lonnie has a new book let's get you know amazon doesn't care until a thousand people go running to it and then they rate you and then you're like oh oh look at this lady okay all at a price yeah and i realized sort of in this reflection was that that was really not the purpose for me writing the book to get that thousand mm-hmm. people running and mm-hmm. Amazon mm-hmm. rating, I wrote it so that it would have an impact. And even if it was a dozen people, that it impacted the trajectory of their wellness journey, that fulfilled the purpose for the book. Mm. And I, I'm happy to say that I'm seeing that happen. One of them was that my niece, and while I'll be at its family, she lives in California and I gave it to her for birthday last year. And when I saw her at Christmas, she said, Auntie Lonnie, after reading your book, I want my 20-year-old daughter to read it. If I can impact generations, then I'm good. Mm -hmm. You don't even realize it. And then again, I think from you, you probably have that history of coming from service. And you're you're not out to change the world, but if one could learn. One of my favorite quotes is, Helping one person might not change the world, but it might change the world for that one person. Mm, So true. 
we've all had that in our lives. And usually nine times out of 10, that person doesn't even know it. They might've done something or said something and they had no idea the impact that it has. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to me about this 10 month old, because I am 18 months into grandmotherhood, loving every second of it. Mine doesn't live locally. He's uh, in North Carolina. So this lovey here flies usually every five weeks to go see that little guy. Oh, nice. Yeah. So he is the youngest of six grandchildren. Ah, you're so lucky. Um, Yeah. So um, two of them live in California two older ones live here and then the two younger ones live here. And yeah, we've just, you know, we're available now we're here and we're available. And so we see him once a week and it's just so wonderful to be at a place where you have the ability to sit back and observe because Mm -hmm. as a parent, you're in the midst of it and you miss some of those moments. And so what I do when he's with us is, Thank goodness for digital things. Um, when he's with us, I take a lot of pictures of his day and send mm-hmm. it to his mom's. It's a lot that. of fun watching. You have the six, so you, you've had the experience for a while. For me, it was a lot of deja vu when you know when they first had uh, Vincent. I would just go back to like when I had my daughters, then I had my son, and. My mom had passed. I, my mother-in-law was still working. And it was just us. I mean, like me and him. And I'm like, how did we do this? Like, yeah. that's my oldest is, is she 38? But there wasn't like the mommy groups then. There wasn't anything. I left yeah. work. That wasn't the fashionable thing to do at the time. And yeah. I go back and really like admire who we were as yeah. young parents. I was 20, yeah. 23 and now look at them. And I love watching my daughter and my son-in-law. Very different. You know, they take a lot yeah. of advice off the TikTok and that's okay. <laughs> I don't really voice my, I'll be like, okay, is that what you want to do? Sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I might call my sister and be like, all right, now they're doing this. And she has a grandson too. We might compare, but it's their prerogative. Just like yeah. I did a lot of things that my mother-in-law used to say, you people, I don't know where <laughs> you people are getting this from. I had one book, one. Yeah. I had Burton White's book first. Oh. No, I had Burton White's uh, yeah. the first three, five years of life or something. Yeah. One book. And that's all I had. Yeah. yeah, there was there was not a lot of support. And even I got married right out of high school, started having a family. Mm-hmm. And my parents kind of said, if that's your choice, then you're, yeah. you know, we're, we're here, but we're not going to support right. you yes. financially or, you know, it's you got to figure this out. And so when my kids, they were a little bit older when they got married and started having kids. But even then, after two, they're like, Mom, how did you do it with four? Yeah. I said, you yeah. know, we, we just decided that's what we were going to do. And we did whatever it took. But looking back, wow. Yeah, we survived. Yeah. It's a nice reflection because, again, as parents, you're so into it. Yeah. Hurry up and get to, or let's get to the next, as soon as they're in school, as soon as they're, or we're almost done. Oh, as soon as they're done with college, like when we finally got that checkered flag, because I have, my girls are seven and 10 years older than my son. Mm. So 
raised by wolves mostly. But yeah. when he was finally done, I'm like, oh, my dear Lord, it's been a lifetime. Yeah. Right. When you pay it's, off that, that last tuition payment, uh, that oh, mortgage please, payment, it's exactly. like, oh, my God. I know. And again, we don't take the time to celebrate us. And yeah. we really should. I think that's all still also part of it because it all starts with me, with you. It starts within. And yeah. from there, then people can, what I call, get the excess. They can get the yeah. extra. They yeah. can't get what I don't have. Yeah. And that was, I, there was a section in my book where I talk about gratitude and abundance. And when I started thinking about that, in fact, if you, if I can, I'll just read mm -hmm. that section. Please. Oh, quick. absolutely. Love it. Thank you. So I came to an awareness that abundance comes in many forms and we have to train ourselves to notice it. Somewhere along my path, I became keenly aware of how expressing gratitude on a daily basis could alter the journey ahead in a positive way. Practice and fortitude brings us into being with gratitude and abundance. It paves the path with smooth stones that would protect us from falling. My daily prayer has become, I am grateful for the abundance I have received. I am grateful for the abundance I am about to receive. And I'm grateful for the abundance I am able to share. And that daily practice is part of the art of being. And I remember a moment when I was trying to visualize how my alakai business would evolve. And I saw clearly in my mind the image of a large Asian style fishing basket. And they're usually about two feet in diameter and very shallow. And what I saw was the basket filling with abundance in both health and wealth for me personally. But then as it continued to fill would overflow and that was the abundance that I was able to share with others. I went on an extensive search to find just the right basket and it took several months, but once I found it, I knew I had to get it even though it was a little pricey. And to this day, that basket holds space in my office as a reminder to keep my life filled to overflow with gratitude and good works. That's beautiful. And I love that you not only had the visual, but then you got the physical to keep that vision alive. Yeah. Again, that's a, such a little mark of little things that mean so much. And people would be like, oh, that's a nice basket, isn't that? And yet, look what it represents. Yeah, it's yeah. very much a symbol, a reminder to me of why I do what I do, that it's to fulfill or fill me up. And I can only, we can only give from the resources we have. Mm -hmm. So if the basket or the cup is empty, you need to fill that first. And what overflows is what you're able to share with others. I often think of parties and wedding receptions where they have the tower of champagne glasses. Mm -hmm. You got to fill the first one before it starts to overflow and fill the rest and gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Another great um, visual. We need a picture of that. That's a good one. <laughs> I like that a lot. Although your basket also sounded good. It's, yeah. <laughs> it is little reminders that if you take the time to stay mindful, because yeah. again, we're all guilty of we're just on autopilot. We're just, this is, it's Tuesday. This is what we do. Routine, 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 routine. Hey, did I even eat yet? I don't yeah. know. Did I have breakfast? I'm not sure because we're just going and we're grinding. But if it starts off with a little morning practice, mm -hmm. and I mean little, like there could be, again, a simple today, 
I feel like this. I'm grateful for another day. Maybe read a passage. Even while yeah. you're in the shower, just set an intention of here's yeah. how it's going to go. One of the simplest things I teach people is if you're not sure where to start, start with your breath because mm. it's absolutely necess- a necessity that we breathe. But it's also something that our body does automatically. And so we don't pay attention or be intentional about breathing. And when you can pause and intentionally take three deep breaths, it resets your whole nervous parasympathetic Mm -hmm. system. If that's all you do three times a day is pause and take three deep breaths, you are on your way to a wellness journey. That's a win. For yeah. sure. It, it it also stops the chatter. It could stop you from down that rabbit hole. It mm-hmm. could do a lot of things yeah. to, you know, break the connection and then fresh start. After the third, I'm like, oh, I thought I was yeah. mad or pissy about something, <laughs> but now I don't remember. Okay, I don't remember. So yeah. maybe it wasn't anything. And again, a simple, easy, yet so hard, but it's the mindfulness that will bring you back to the wellness of mm-hmm. take a moment, yeah. reconnect, right? <laughs> This has been, oh my goodness, I am so glad. You know, it's so funny when you were talking, not funny that you were talking about your vertigo, but that's, we were originally going to record around that time. It was right after yeah, your book. Yeah. And when you said that, I'm like, oh, that's right. You had the yeah. vertigo and now we're, yeah. and now we made it happen. So I'm really, really glad our schedules uh, got synchronized and we're able to do this. So where do you hang out? Tell us, you know, about your socials and and the name of the book and where we're going to find everything and especially where we're going to find you. I'm on Facebook, both under my name, Lonnie Almanza, and also my business, Alakai Associates. And that's A-L-A-K-A-I Associates. And I'm also on Instagram under Honu Mom. That's H-O-N-U-M-O-M one underscore. And Honu is the Hawaiian word for sea turtle. And that's a very much a part of the story of the book. I'm also on LinkedIn under my name, Lonnie Almanza. The title of my book is Under a Full Moon and a Guiding Star. And it's available on Amazon in both paper and hardback and also Kindle. So Under a Full Moon and a Guiding Star, you can find it there. And yeah, you can connect with me on my website, alakaiassociates.com. And I'd love to connect with anybody on anything that we talked about today. Well, roads lead back to us. Take it from there and and run with it or walk. Yeah. Or <laughs> write a little gratitude starting with A, B, and C and work your way through. Ah, thank you. I really enjoyed this talk and all of your wonderful wisdom and insight that you've shared with us today. Oh. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie. And I hope we continue to stay connected. Uh, Absolutely. You know, that will definitely happen. And I want to hear the comments. Joyfoundhere.com is the website. That's where you leave everything. Five, five, 
five star review, five, five, five stars. <laughs> I only bring you five stars. Thank you. <laughs> and I would love to read a written 2024. I'm really trying to uh, increase those numbers. Spotify gave us a beautiful, beautiful end of year report. And I thought I would be good for Spotify to, you know, if we could reciprocate with some reviews, just an idea. I say leave it because these guests are off the charts. They're so, so good. And they're so generous with their knowledge and sharing with us. So thank you for always being there each and every week. Thank you for we're going to be starting our third year. Thank you for 13,000 downloads. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Could not do it without you guys each and every week. Be well. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And of course, if you haven't already done so, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to head over to joyfoundhere.com for any questions, comments, and feedback. Until next week, keep your head up and your crown straight. You've got this.